Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, December 11th, and this is your FT News Briefing. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson will try to make up for two last-minute campaign stumbles in a final plea to voters. Saudi Arabia is making a last-ditch effort to get a $2 trillion valuation for its state oil company. Democrats unveil two articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump. And trade negotiators from the U.S., Canada, and Mexico sign changes to the USMCA trade pact. Plus, we'll take a look at Europe's new green trade plan and why some argue it has more to do with protectionism than the planet. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. It's the last day of campaigning before the UK election, and Prime Minister Johnson will be trying to make up for two last-minute gaffes. On Monday, Mr. Johnson refused to look at a photo that brought the National Health Service to the center of the campaign. It was of a sick boy sleeping on a hospital floor due to a shortage of beds. A reporter asked Mr. Johnson to look at the picture, which was on the reporter's phone. Instead, Mr. Johnson took the phone and put it in his pocket. Then on Tuesday, the father of one of the victims of the London Bridge terror attack took to Sky News to criticize Mr. Johnson. David Merritt, whose son Jack was killed, said the prime minister was trying to take political advantage of the attack. Instead of seeing a tragedy, Boris Johnson saw an opportunity and... He went on the offensive. Today, Mr. Johnson is expected to move his message back to Brexit. Saudi Aramco is set to float today, and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is refusing to give up on his goal of a $2 trillion valuation for the oil company. Sources told the FT that investment funds are being encouraged to buy Aramco shares after it starts trading in Riyadh, all to drive up the stock price. Saudi Aramco broke an IPO record, raising more than $25 billion from investors last week. That gave the company a valuation of $1.7 trillion. But there was little demand from international investors, even after Saudi banks offered plans for a bumper dividend. Since then, banks have issued loans to local retail investors to buy shares. Many wealthy Saudi families have already bought shares, and sources say they're being asked to pledge more. Some are the same families that Prince Mohammed detained in a Ritz-Carlton hotel in Riyadh as part of an anti-corruption crackdown two years ago. And the White House and House Democrats struck a deal on North American trade yesterday, the same day Democrats unveiled articles of impeachment against the president. We must be clear, no one, not even the president, is above the law. That was Jerry Nadler, the chair of the House of Representatives Judiciary Committee. He introduced two articles of impeachment yesterday against Donald Trump. The first was a charge that Mr. Trump abused the power of the presidency when he asked Ukraine to investigate political rival Joe Biden. The second was a charge of obstruction of Congress. This was in reference to the White House's resistance to cooperating in the impeachment investigation. It's likely that Mr. Trump will be formally impeached next week after a vote in the House. But the president is not expected to be found guilty or removed from office by the Republican-held Senate, which will hold the trial. Meanwhile, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Mr. Trump finally reached an agreement on the USMCA deal. 
Yesterday in Mexico City, officials from the U.S., Canada, and Mexico signed changes to the trade pact that will replace NAFTA. In Washington, Ms. Pelosi was asked why she would cooperate with Mr. Trump on such an agreement, given her views on the president. Here's what she had to say. Not any one of us is important enough for us to hold up a trade agreement that is important for American workers because of any collateral benefit that might accrue to any one of us. And here's a story you should know more about. If our common goal is to be a climate-neutral continent in 2050, we have to act now. We have to implement the policies now because it is a generational transition we have to go through. That was European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen at the UN Climate Conference in Madrid last week. Today, the Commission will present the European Green Deal, which looks to integrate economic, regulatory, competition, and trade policy to help the environment. Greening trade policies are not just about tackling climate change. There's a lot of political pressure on European soil to cut emissions. But when it comes to the European Union implementing these green policies as it trades with Brazil and even the U.S., things get a little tricky. The FT's senior trade writer, Alan Beattie, has more. So they're trying to push the EU into a sort of higher value-added, greener mode of production, and they do that through incentives to kind of go up the value chain and incentives for low-carbon production. And on the trade side, they attempt to export the EU's environmental values through a combination of what they put into trade deals and the way that they deal with imports coming into the EU. Alan, how does the EU's plans affect how they trade with other countries? Well, for example, they've set a rule now that every time they sign a trade deal with another trading bloc or another country, that country has to have signed up to the Paris Agreement on climate change. So, for example, although they're trying to negotiate a mini deal with the United States, they could not at this point, according to their own rules, sign a proper full spectrum trade agreement with the US. And there's a deal that is pending that they have signed it, but not yet ratified it with Mercosur, which is the South American bloc of four nations of which by far the biggest is Brazil. And because of Bolsonaro, the, the Brazilian president's attitude to forest fires in the Amazon, there's now very serious doubt as to whether that deal could be ratified in the EU by the European Parliament and agreed by all the member states because of Brazil's attitude to the environment. How do these countries feel about these kind of restrictions that Europe is putting on them? They feel they're being pushed about by the rich countries. They will make the case that the rich countries got rich by vast amounts of carbon emissions, which is true, and that it's hypocritical for them now to turn around and deny developing countries and and middle-income countries the means to getting rich that they themselves enjoyed. And there are specific issues where they say the rules that are applied often simply benefit European producers. They're not scientific. They're not fair. So essentially, Europe is using... It's traditional protectionism. They're cloaking that in in the new disguise of environmentalism. Who could be affected most by these trade policies, like the European Green Deal? Well, uh, that depends who you ask. But I mean, if it's a question of reducing carbon emissions, then obviously the carbon-intensive production in Europe, people like steel and so on, are likely to be heavily affected. Internationally, those countries and those producers are likely to be affected are those who are perceived as being environmentally damaging, such as the producers of products associated with deforestation and such as carbon-intensive producers abroad, so steel producers in China and so on and so forth. 
Alan, the story you wrote about this topic is part of the Europe First series, which looks at how Europe is trying to boost competitiveness as it gets squeezed by the U.S. and China. Will this plan do that? Will it make Europe more competitive, or is it going to make life more expensive for Europeans? Well, the aim will be, of course, that carbon-intensive products will go up in price and relative to other ones. I mean, the aim will be that actually, no, it won't affect consumers in the medium term because the economy will adjust because people will become more efficient in their use of carbon. There won't have to be a big impact on standards of living. People won't see a big rise in the general price level. That's the theory anyway. Whether or not that gets realized depends on how flexible economies are and how quickly technology and growth and so forth can adjust. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, the Federal Reserve holds its December policy meeting. It's widely expected to keep rates on hold. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.